0: There's a tension between a man or a fan. You know, we, we like to just live our life and kind of go along at our own pace, but when somebody comes in, in and gets into our world like I do and say, hey, if you're, you're a fan, then you're not a man. It's not the critic who
1: counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood, Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is for you to become your best by calling you in to the arena of manhood, calling you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and calling you up to your absolute best version of you. Because when you get it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode.
0: Men in the arena army, we we salute salute you. you. Guys, thank you for listening to this episode of... Men in the Arena podcast, <clears throat> equipping men in 10. I'm Jim Ramos. I brought my horse along and put him in my throat. <laughs> a little bit sick and under the weather today, but we are grinding it out for you, our listeners. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I'm with my brother from another mother, our co-host, Dale Culver. How you doing, my man? I'm doing better than you. Man, I feel good. I just don't sound good. It's crazy. It just kind of hit me last night when I'm I was good sleeping. So uh, it is what it is. Hey, do you have a man-law for me today?
1: I do, man. And I remember back when I was younger and my parents, they had tons of books that they had us uh, read. And my parents, just so you know, I grew up in a household, an Amway household. So this is where we got this. If you can dream it, you can
0: achieve it, baby. Yes.
1: There was a book that they gave us called Winners and Losers by Sidney J. Harris. And it was an illustrated book and it had a bunch of like one liners. And someone wrote down on the um, in it comments on it, a winner is less afraid of losing than a loser is of winning. And it's just packed full of these things. And there is a difference between winners and losers. Nowadays, it's not politically correct to say, hey, you're a loser or I'm a winner or whatever. Yeah. But we need to know and to differentiate between what a winner does in life and what a guy who's defeated looks like. Um, and there's certain principles. But yeah, um, don't
0: be afraid of losing, man. Just go for it. Yeah, I love the phrase that uh, whiners mm-hmm. like to feel good before they do it. Winners do it and then feel good later. I'm pretty sure that was in the book somewhere. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I, that's like kind of like today. It's like I wanted to lay down and sleep and not do anything, but it's like, hey... 've got we've got some podcasts to record we've got a guest coming in uh, to record a podcast we got our men in the arena weekend is happening tomorrow and we've got stuff we got to do gotta and I'm speaking I'm speaking tomorrow night so I better get this <laughs> voice back so those of you yeah it'll be way over by the time you get this podcast uh, uh, on your download so hey I want to talk about the meat of the podcast which is um, Kind of a continuation of our last Equipping and 10 podcast, which was called A Man or a Fan in the Arena. And so uh, I, I ended with a tension. There's a tension between a man or a fan. You know, we, we like to just live our life and kind of go along at our own pace. But when somebody comes in and in gets into our world like I do and say, hey, if you're, you're a fan, then you're not a man. You're a man or a fan. If you're a fan, you're a male. You know, we don't like to hear that. We like to think, well, I'm a man. What are you What are you doing? You know, and so there's a tension, and there's a tension in the church, Dale. Uh, in the church, there's a tension between this fanship, and so you know, churches are packed with anonymous faces of unknown males when I believe scripture clearly mandates the opposite. And so I've thought about this. Why are there so many fans in churches and not followers? Why are there so many fans in the arena and not men? And so I think, here's what I think, man. I think some guys just don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just getting them in the doors of the church or just getting them, they just have no idea. They have no idea. They're confused. They just don't know. And because they don't know, our default setting is selfishness. Mm -hmm. I think some guys are uh, just waiting to be asked. I think some guys will listen to this podcast, and it'll it'll spark something in them and change their life. They've just been waiting to know. They don't know, and and they need to be asked. And so I think there are a lot of guys in churches today that just need somebody to approach them and ask them to do something. Now, now I think there's some flaws there, not being proactive and this type of thing. but, But some guys are just waiting to be asked. I think some guys have been hurt. I think some guys, uh, uh, they they when you get in a game, you get wounded. It's part of the battle. It's part of life. A lot of guys are, are wounded. Maybe they're wounded so severely they, they may never get in the game, which I think is a problem. Maybe some of them are wounded and they're just taking some time to heal. I, I went through a phase where I was wounded. I had a, I had some wounds from the arena. Took about two or three months off, and I got back in there. And, so, and I think there are some men who... They know, but they really don't care. <laughs> they're totally fine being anonymous. They're totally fine being mm-hmm. being uh, a male. Uh, they're totally fine deferring leadership to others. They're totally fine with another dude sleeping with their wife or another dude raising their kids or another dude doing the job they should have had. And so, uh, But there is a tension in the Bible I want to address because a lot of times what happens is we view humility as synonymous with anonymity. Now, I don't know if you know this, deal, but for the last two years, I've journaled every time the word humble, humility, or a derivative of the two is mentioned in the Bible. I've read that verse. I've studied that verse. I've journaled that verse. So I literally have a book of about 200 entries over the last two years. I've, I've went through and I've, I've entered into a journal about what they mean in Scripture. And I have come to the passionate conviction that humility is not only not synonymous with anonymity, but is antithesis to anonymity. The humble man is willing to be known. The humble man is willing to be put on display. The humble man is willing to serve, and to and to in 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 his serving, what he's doing is he's putting God on display. Mm. So he's saying, God, put me on display. You know, uh, quoting John Eldridge in Wild at Heart, Lord, let the world feel the weight of who I am, and let them deal with it because I'm okay with being an authentic human being. So here's the problem. It all comes down to uh, Matthew chapter 6 verses 2 through 12 and Matthew chapter 6 verses 16 through 18. These are the words of Jesus and he's telling his followers to do certain things uh, in secret or certain things to be anonymous. The word secret in the Bible is actually mentioned 24 times in the New Testament. I use the New American Standard translation of the Bible. Six of those 24 times, so 25% are mentioned in Matthew chapter 6. So a huge part of this word secret is found in these words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. Of those six times, Jesus specifically admonishes his fathers to be secret about three things. Okay, so two times he mentions each of these three topics, and here they are. In verses 2 through 4 of Matthew chapter 6, he talks about giving to the poor. It needs to be done in secret. Two times in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and 6, he talks about your personal prayer life should be done in secret. And two times in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, he talks about fasting. And he warns his followers that when you give to the poor, when you fast, when you pray, do that in secret. If you publicly proclaim those things, you will have, quote, received your reward in full, end of quote. What he's saying is the accolades that you get from men for how cool you are and what a giver you are and what a prayer you are, it ends right there. Mm-hmm. And I've been guilty of those things. I think you've been guilty. We've all been guilty of those things. Right. So, so the default in a lot of church people is, hey, I'm just going to be anonymous. Everything I'm going to do is going to be anonymous. And I think that's... That's wrong because we, and I know it's wrong. I don't have to think it's wrong. I know it's wrong because I go back to Matthew chapter five. So just go one chapter earlier and Jesus is teaching about something else in Matthew chapter five, verses 10 through 16. Again, he admonishes readers and his listeners three things in those uh, verses. And I want to stop and say this. Kyle Eidelman in his great book, Not a Fan, writes this. It's kind of a repentant uh, a f- tone here. He says, too often in my preaching, I have tried to talk people into following Jesus. I wanted to make following him as appealing, comfortable, and convenient as possible. And I want to say, I am sorry, end of quote, because following Jesus is none of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus wrecked my life. Mm-hmm. Jesus changed everything. Jesus deconstructs everything. And so we got to be really careful when we're okay with seeing these big crowds of people and not calling them out of the bleachers into the arena. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus emphatically encourages his followers to be seen, heard, and known as people who follow him. Contrary to chapter 6, in chapter 5, Jesus tells his followers that when they are persecuted for their public display of faith, Their, quote, reward in heaven is great, end of quote. He specifically teaches his followers to publicly bear witness of him in three ways. To speak publicly about their faith, to enhance, even to the point of persecution, to enhance, number two, to enhance the flavor of their communities because of Jesus' presence in their life. He says, you are the salt of of the earth and the third thing he says is you are to be seen I want you to be seen by people because of me you are the light of the world in a dark place verses 14 through 16 so he says three things in Matthew chapter 5 be persecuted for the public display of your faith be salt to a world that is vanilla add flavor to a meat Darby Darby cooked us dinner last night he cooked us some elk steaks and I'm like, so what would you season it with? And he goes, oh, I didn't season it, Dad. I go, wait, what? hold on. It's Whoa. not meat unless it's seasoned. Oh, my so we had a little lesson there, a little teaching lesson Whoa. there. So now he knows how to cook meat. <laughs> anyway, we are to season this world, bring it flavor because of Jesus. We are to be light in a dark, dark place. Robert Kennedy, the late Robert Kennedy wrote this. The future will be shaped in the arena by those willing to commit their minds and their bodies to the task. So, to me, the tension has been answered, men. It is our conviction that purposeful anonymity in the context of faith and masculinity is false biblical teaching, antagonistic to Jesus' life, and a sin. The sin of anonymity is a sin of omission on the darkest of levels because it neglects the very things God mandates as a man to protect and defend. The sin of anonymity is either a conscious choice to disengage from one's mandates as a man and follower of Jesus or... One of simple ignorance that can be solved by the knowledge of the Christian faith, sound Bible teaching, and listening to the podcast episode that you've just heard today. Guys, get out of the bleachers. Get into the arena.
1: Hey, Jim, this is so good. And I just want to say, while you're saying all this, I'm thinking about all the Bible greats. Were any of them anonymous? We read about them. They are the ones that cause us to do great things and, and, and aspire to follow Christ. None of them were anonymous. That's right. So that is so good. Jesus wasn't either. There you go, buddy. Well, you've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. We have some amazing resources to help you on your journey to become your best version. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to download our free Men in the Arena app with tons of resources to come alongside you in your journey of manliness. Join the Men in the Arena closed Facebook forum for men and check that out and engage. Until next time, feel the wet sand of the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. This is Dale and You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world on our closed Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of manhood. In our passion to help all arena men, we're offering an excellent free resource when you visit our homepage at meninthearena.org, Simply give us your email and we'll send you a free PDF version of Jim's book for men called The Field Guide, a bathroom book for men. It's a daily study of manly words in the Bible explained with great stories. Thank you for listening to this episode, the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Dale Culver signing off. Until next time, thank you for joining men in the arena from around the world who are becoming their best version. And remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins.